Time now for the lowdown on the Lobos. Welcome back to Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017. The team, I'm Joe O'Neill. That's Sam Hauser here till 7. Scott Coletti will join us in the last hour, but joining us now on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline is our coach, the coach David Williams. And David, you were there from start to finish on Saturday night. Tell me your observations of the Lobos on Saturday against Maine, coach. Well, hi, Joe. I, w- I would say that um, it was exactly what the doctor ordered. Um, looking for the defense to lead the way because that's what we're hanging our hat on. They were outstanding, and uh, you don't get shutouts in college football very often, so that's, I, that's a real highlight. And offensively, uh, we established the fact that we're going to be an option team and uh, scored 42 points. And that's, that's a great opener. Uh, you know, we're still a team in progress, and we're always searching to see how we're going to play. There's a lot of young kids still playing. So, so a 40-point win is, is really uh, well accepted. Talk about how convinced you are that um, fans are going to just see a ton of option. Uh, you know, I mean, I know uh, Miles Kendrick, I think you know, he attempted – 17 passes, completed 13 of them, I believe. But um, what you're going to see this year, you say, is you know their offense is going to live and die by that option. Well, uh, one of the coach re- coach's responsibility is to give the kids an opportunity to be successful and put them in situations where that's a possibility. And Kendrick, at 5'10 and 200 pounds, is not a classic drop-back quarterback. That's not what he's going to succeed on. He needs to have the ball in his hand. And, and make some fakes and make some reads and make some decisions and give the ball off on the dive or keep it himself or give it up on the pitch, even if it's the last moment. And that's what we see in practice. And it's definitely what the Lobos established in the game. They had several drives, or at least a couple of drives, where they moved the ball successfully down the field and never attempted a pass. So uh, they know that the option and, and what's different for fans seeing the option as opposed to getting in their mind that they're going back to the days of the wishbone triple option. Uh, the Lobos are a team that give the defense a lot of different sets, uh, one back, two backs, people in motion, moving the tight end or the flanker prior to the snap. So there are a lot of looks, but the idea is give some kind of a threat into the B-gap between the guard and the tackle and then see how the defense reacts to that and and make that read, then get out to whomever is responsible for the quarterback and option him and and continue the ball downfield. Yeah, and uh, always good to see when a local kid contributes, you know, any at any position, Coach, but when they do it at a specialty position like Luke Wysong did, he was able to score a, a touchdown on a running play. He caught a touchdown pass. Um, we obviously remember from Cleveland High School. It doesn't hurt, right, Coach? Absolutely, and he is full speed all the time. He's not a lethargic player. He's not a kid that you see getting up slowly and walking back to the huddle and and that sort of thing. He's ready to play, and he's ready to go. And what you were mentioning about his responsibilities, about being in the backfield, being a wide receiver, being in motion, taking the pitch, catching punts and kickoffs, um, that's one of those things that, from a defensive standpoint, the other team is saying, you better know where number 15, Wysong, is at all times because uh, when it comes down to making yardage, he's going to be involved. 
Coach, go a little bit more into the option just from from what you're seeing because I do you know I find this interesting just going off of what we saw one game so far, but a lot of run pass option in there as well where there's screen passes that might as well be handoffs. There was you know there there was some traditional option offense in there, but just you know go a little bit more into what you're seeing and and what's I mean if nothing else I, I guess you'd call it maybe an, a non traditional option offense. Well. Absolutely, there is there is what people could consider traditional option. We're going to take a dive back wherever we get him in the backfield. He may be he may be offset, and by that I mean not directly behind the quarterback. But we're going to get a dive threat to that that gap between the guard and the tackle on play side, and we're going to we're going to offer the ball into one of those backs. They're fast. We have good speed at the running back. Can a tackle? Can a linebacker step up and make that play and tackle that dive back? If the if the quarterback and the dive back read that that's what's going to happen, then the quarterback keeps the ball and he goes out and he options. He makes a decision about the player that is responsible for the quarterback and and um, then he 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 if he decides to keep the ball and go upfield, not outside that defensive threat, then you're going to run until. Some people get off their assignments and get over and tackle him. And if, if he reads that the, the optioned man comes down to tackling, he pitches it to the outside. And the Lobos really did a good job on the pitch the other night. Uh, anybody who would have seen the game could see running lanes opening up on the pitch, and the backs did a really good job of getting into the lane. A lot of times watching a game you think, well, anybody could run with the ball. But they have to, the backs have to learn where the point of attack is, where the lane is, and where downfield help is coming from. And it helps to have as many guys that can run the ball. I mean, we talked a little bit about this when you were watching some of these practices, Coach, but 10 different players, including Miles Kendrick, but 10 different players recording a rush on the night. And a lot of these guys have some different abilities that, that can play off of each other as you're talking about that, op- that option offense. No, absolutely. And what we want, the first quality is take care of the ball. The first decision is to give that ball to the dieback. He's going to get contact. He's going to get bumped up inside. People are going to tackle him. And if he's doing a good job, even when he doesn't have the ball, when he continues to fake as though he does and carry out his run, he's going to get a lot of contact. But the most important thing is when he does get it, all that contact, he's got to maintain the ball. He's got to keep possession of the ball. The, the quarterback has the ball out in front of him, you know, we say keep it at your sternum so you can pitch or tuck it away, but that ball's exposed, and when he feels contact, he's got to secure it. And then, of course, the pitch has to be on the money. One of the things you learn is do not pitch the ball behind a trailing, uh, the, the pitch man. Don't make him reach back for the ball because that's going to lead to fumbles and tapped balls that are up in the air. So there's, there's a lot of possibilities in the option, and number one, take care of the ball. And, of course, one of the other additions coming back for Friday's game against Boise State, Nate Jones coming back. We saw what he was a couple of years ago. Haven't seen him since, and from what we've heard from Coach Danny Gonzalez, he really hasn't taken many hits leading up to this, but he'll. it sounds like he'll get in the game a little bit on Friday, Coach. Just you know, going back to what we saw from him, I mean, it was so long ago. How much can you really take away from the last time we saw Nate Jones on the field? And I'm also curious, you know, just from from what's been out there, I mean, we don't know all the details, but just from the, the coach-player dynamic, you know, what you've taken away from some of what's been uh, reported about what's going on with Nate Jones. I see no 
irritation between coach and player. You know, he's a kid who's been given a responsibility, and they want to give him the ball and carry the mail, and and he's going to get a chance to do it because he's an explosive kind of runner. Uh, I think it will be an adjustment for him um, to to get out on the field against an opponent that's trying to rock him. They're trying to make an impression on him. So I would keep an eye on him early and make sure that he's taking care of the ball and um, and and, ma- and fulfilling his responsibility on those run courses. But I do believe that there's not a lot of pressure on him to be the Heisman Trophy winner because uh, we have other backs that have good speed. There's no, you can't you can't coach against that speed, and they 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 take care of the ball and they break. Uh, you know, little three-yard runs into 13- and 17-yard runs, and that can really make the option go. But I think I think Jones understands he certainly will be a more mature player now. So we hope that he makes the right decisions. We heard from Rico Hanna in the postgame, one of the senior linebackers for these guys, third year under the defense now for Coach Danny Gonzalez, Coach Rocky Long, and just how much more comfortable these guys are with it now because it is a defense that we heard from the beginning it was going to take some time to learn what were some of your your big takeaways from what those guys were able to do just I mean beyond just you know they shut Maine down Maine really couldn't do anything but just so what were some of the specific things that caught your eye coach well first of all of course they're really active there are not big kids that uh, the play goes away from them and they're down on the ground and they never recover and, and pursue and get in any kind of pursuit angle to help uh, at the end of the play. You don't see any of that. Everybody's on the run. Um, you see secondary kids that are coming up to support the run and are changing the direction of the pile of players. They're not grabbing a hold of people and trying to pull them forward. They're, they're changing the direction. Um, they are. They look confident. Uh, uh, we call that prowling when all the linebackers are moving around at the line of scrimmage, stepping like they're going to stunt, moving to another gap to try to confuse. And, and in that whole aspect of the linebackers prowling and adjusting their alignment, it looked really solid and very confident, and nobody's pointing fingers at somebody else like, hey, you were supposed to come through this gap, not me. And I just I thought they were very impressive. The other thing I liked was that the defensive staff played a lot of people. I mean, and that really makes a difference, you know, to have more people prepared to know that we're going to run and make plays and, you know, after maybe after two or three or four plays, uh, help might be coming in. I might get a chance to get a rest and a drink and be ready to come back on the field. And I thought that was really a really important aspect. Yeah, and like you said, all these guys got to know their responsibility. So I, you know, Danny, Coach Danny Gonzalez um, was uh, upset because um, Maine had converted on a third and twenty-three. Because had they not converted that, they, their numbers really lo- would have looked ugly. Because because right, you know, in this game, Maine rushed for one point y- one yards per carry. Coach, you got me yeah. thinking about uh, Arizona and the Desert Swarm defense in the early nineties. Uh, Dick Tomey was the coach at Arizona. And he ran what they called a double eagle flex defense. Uh, do you remember that Desert Swarm Absolutely. defense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And cover, so cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Right. Right. So do you remember that actual like scheme, the double eagle uh, flex defense? Well, everybody likes their own terms and their own terminology. And and the double eagle flex means that we're going to cover the center. We're going to cover two guards with down linemen. And then we're going to flex. We're going to take 
defensive ends and linebackers, put them on the line of scrimmage, take them off the line of scrimmage, move them around to different positions, and use the athletic ability of those defenders to outrun the offense to the point of attack. <laughs> well, uh, that I mean that those those defenses that they had led by Teddy Bruschi, yep. of course, with New England Patriots now on ESPN all the time. Uh, but you know, if there was ever a time where there might be a desert swarm two defense, I mean, you got that opportunity, especially what we saw in the first week. Uh, hey, you did watch uh, Boise uh, get drilled by Oregon State. Um, so your uh, thoughts, um, if you're the Lobo coaching staff in these meetings about preparing for Friday night. We know they know what they're looking at, Coach. Was there anything that jumped out to you from watching Boise State get demolished by Oregon State? Well, I know what went on in the Boise State film room, and that is simply that, uh, you know, you guys, uh, Boise State, you thought this was going to, you looked at the paper, saw the point spread, you thought this was going to be easy. And Oregon State jumped on them early, and, and Boise couldn't, they didn't have the poise to recover. And actually, they didn't even make a run at it until they changed quarterbacks. So uh, Boise is practicing hard to correct the mistakes, and their coaches will be telling them, you better be ready right from the start because these New Mexico kids, uh, they're, pr- they're proud to be on that defense, and they're going to hit you. And, and uh, if they can drive the ball down and get a field goal every time, that's what they'll take. So you better be ready. I always like to ask you, th- you this question as a coach. So if you're Coach Danny Gonzalez – uh, would you have preferred Boise uh, won, you know, thirty four seventeen instead of lost there, and you know, have them come in, uh, or were like, uh, you know, or after a bad loss? I mean, does it matter either way? I mean, obviously, if they had won the game, they come in feeling good about themselves. You know, they lost the game, they come in feeling average. Does it really matter? Uh, do you even think about that as a coach? Absolutely. If if I was Danny and somebody came in and said, "Hey, Boise State got beat," I would have said, "Good." And my reaction is, once, once those kids experience that, they, would, they know what losing's like now. And if we get them down and hold them, they've already experienced losing. They can do it again. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's okay with me for the opponent to lose. I, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. All right, Coach. Well, thank you so much. We look forward okay, to having man. you join us on Mondays throughout the year from now on at 420 to give uh, your report on that weekend's Lobo game and the upcoming game. And we appreciate you joining us here this afternoon on Team Talk. That's Coach right. David Williams uh, joining us here on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline. By the way, Boise State, 16.5-point favorite on BetUS.com right now. All right. That'll do it for this segment. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more college football, but we're going to get into some baseball, and Cody Bellinger kind of had a rough last couple of days, and we'll talk some Dodgers. All that's next. ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team.